Welcome to the Self-Esteem and Confidence Mindset with me, Johnny Pardo. Welcome back to the Self-Esteem and Confidence Mindset podcast with me, Johnny Pardo. Today, I welcome Rochelle to the show where we're going to be talking about creating your dream life abroad, self-confidence, and many, many more things linked to that. So just a quick introduction to Rochelle, and then we'll dive into the conversation today. So Rochelle is otherwise known as the Move Abroad Coach. She left her life in the US as in been living abroad for over a decade. Now she works helping other people overcome fear and self-doubt so that they can create their own dream life abroad. So, Rochelle, welcome onto the podcast today. I'm glad to have you here. So, obviously, you've done this for yourself. You've you've moved abroad over a decade. A lot of admiration. That must have taken a lot of courage, you know, going through all of that. <laughs> so, now you're obviously helping other people. And we met in a business setting. And I kind of know you've been doing this and always loved the niche, like I was saying before. So, what's really... You've obviously done it yourself. But what is it that really wants you what part of you wants to help other people move abroad? Yeah, that's a great question. And thanks so much for having me, by the way. <laughs> I would say uh, the the way I got started doing this was actually way back when, when, when I first moved abroad, I was living in China. And I had a, what started as like a really crappy, like teach abroad blog that eventually became a travel blog. And I was talking a lot about my experience and I kept having people reach out to me saying, I want to do what you're doing. How do you do that? I'm worried about getting scammed. Like people hear all these horror stories about teaching in China and these sketchy schools. And then people were worried because obviously US or UK to China is a huge leap. And, and then I was seeing um, firsthand what was happening to a lot of first year teachers as well, like in the education industry. Um, you know, I myself had not a great first year experience. We can talk about that later if you want. Um, but uh, I ended up like alone on a factory lined highway in the middle of nowhere where I was the only non-Chinese person for miles. So that was a little bit rough. Um, and so a lot of people were reading my story and they were saying, I want to do what you're doing now, but you've made it work. And I was paid really well as, you know, a college admissions consultant in China a couple of years later. Mm. But there was this fear of like, how do I do that? How do I make it happen without getting scammed? And I was seeing people, you know, fall for these programs that would promise the world and undeliver like what happened to me. And I would see people that really wanted to go, but would never make this dream happen because they were worried about what happened to me or worse happening to them. And it just sort of made me angry. <laughs> and I was like, there has to be a better way because I knew there were really good opportunities. I knew that these people could do this and that there were good jobs. It was just hard for people to find them if you didn't live in China. And so I actually kind of started coaching just out of well, firstly, you know, wanting to help, but then also out of kind of anger <laughs> at the industry and like wanting better. Like I didn't want what happened to me to happen to anybody else. Mm. Like I wanted to make sure that these people had a much better experience than I did, you know, the first time around. And that's kind of the the base of my coaching is like you should be able to have an incredible experience in your first year, like right when you move. 
you should be able to, now there's so many more opportunities. Like when I first moved abroad, like almost 11 years ago, teaching in China was like one of the only options. Now the world is your oyster, but a lot of people still, those fears are still there, right? Of like, what if I hate it? What if I give up my nice house or apartment or I sell my home, sell my car, give up my job and it all falls apart or, you know, it's not, you know, it's not what I thought it was going to be. Uh, so a lot of those emotions that were there back then, they exist for every country in every situation. Um, but yeah, that's why I got started was just because I knew if, I mean, if I can do it, anybody can do it. It's just having that sort of guidance and the right information. And then also, you know, not falling into those like traps and pitfalls of certain like programs or, or thing, you know, companies that make it sound, oh, so we're so e it's so easy. We'll take care of everything for you. And then feeling disappointed. Mm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No, no. Thanks for sharing your story. Yeah. It sounds like it was quite a, a tough first year to, to say the least for you. So yeah helping people not go through those those struggles is definitely a, a very admirable thing to do and uh you know ultimately people are wanting something they want that sounds like they want well most people i assume want that kind of like dream life um mm -hmm. and they don't and sometimes the reality if they're not careful could be something completely different right so that's kind yeah of i mean i was an idiot 22 year old who didn't read my contracts fully and <laughs> just trusted a company to take everything for uh, care of everything for me and i'm like mm, read your contracts people <laughs> uh read your uh, we all yeah we all get all a kind of like young age we make <laughs> those mistakes right but you're learning you're you're helping others from you know what what you learn so and yeah that's great so and a lot of the people well, just quickly a lot of the people yeah. that i work with are not 22 anymore right like mm. you know it's easy to when you're fresh out of college or university and um you know you've got nothing to lose and you got no money and you can crash on your parents couch if you're in you know in your old bedroom childhood bedroom if you mess up like you know that then it's easy to just be like oh whatever i'll just go and see what happens but a lot of the people that i work with now you know you're they're in their 30s 40s 50s even 60s you know you've got kids you've got pets you've got a solid career that you've worked your whole life you know, for, um, you know, or decades on you, you know, maybe you own property and it's, you've spent a lot of money, like making your home the way that you want it to look. And so you've got things to like, quote unquote, lose now. And that's where a lot of the fear comes from. Like when you're doing this a little bit later in life, like if you're not going like right at 22 or 21 years old, um, you know, like there's that fear there. And I think that's where that kind of self-confidence wavers a little bit of like, well, yeah, sure, I could do it, but <laughs> I have my kids or my pets to look out for, or but I don't want to throw my career away. I've worked so hard on this. And so that's where, you know, I come in, you know, to kind of mm -hmm. to kind of help work through all of those things. Because if it was just research or information, like you'd have gone already. Google exists, right? Mm -hmm. But sure. it's Love it's that. those fears that 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 are those deeper fears um, that often hold people back from going. Yeah. 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 There's totally not a shortage of information out there, right? <laughs> there's too much now. Before there was not enough. When I first moved abroad, like there was nothing. I was reading books written in like 2007, but now there's, there's too much. So it's almost the opposite. It's like the information overload. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Then it can be a bit overwhelming as well. So yeah, like for the individual, I guess, who's 
who's like they they know perhaps they want to move abroad but they're not exactly sure where mm-hmm. how can they kind of get to more of a bit more clarity perhaps on where they want to go I don't know if that's something you've worked with with people before that they're like I do want to move abroad but I'm really really stuck I do want to make a change but I just don't know where yeah no that's a great question and I think um you know some people that I work with they have a very specific country in mind they're like I want to go here it's it's France or bust like it has to be Germany or whatever it is but many people that I work with you know they're not sure they're like I I have a general idea of what I, I know I want to live abroad. I know I want to travel, but I'm not sure what country. And I don't know if I nest, like, I don't even know how to pick because there's so many countries that I want to see. And so what I do is I actually work with people to come up with their own unique plan, which has um, a few different things that you would need to decide. So like what kind of lifestyle that you want to live? Do you want to be a digital nomad and country hop every few months? Or do you want to move to a country specifically for a couple of years and then change? Or is there a country that you want to, you know, immigrate to and live there forever? Mm. And then, you know, what's the job piece? Are we going to be working remotely? Do we want a job on the ground? Because that might also impact what countries we can choose. Then picking a country or at least an area of the world to start with if you want to be a digital nomad. And then we put all the pieces together and put a timeline on it. So let's say you have no idea what country you want to move to. That's actually okay. Because if you have strong opinions on the other pieces of the plan, that can actually help us narrow things down. Because when I first moved abroad, like I said, there were not a lot of options. (laughs) So teaching in Asia was like a very strong choice if you were not working for an international company that was going to like transfer you. But now with all these digital nomad visas, the world is your oyster because all these countries have realized like, wow, this is good for our economy. If people are making British pounds or USD and living here and spending the money, they're not taking jobs away from locals. So all of these different countries, especially in Europe, are opening up their doors <laughs> to people like me to come and live there and you know work online or, or run your business, right? So let's say you have no idea what, what country you wanna move to, but you have just started your own business or you've just started freelancing, let's say, and you know you wanna work remotely, you do not want a job on the ground. And you know, let's say, you know you've always dreamed of living in Western Europe, Well, I can list out. I'm like, okay, cool. So we've got Spain, we've got Portugal, we've got Greece, we have Estonia, um, like the Cyprus, like there are all these different countries that you could choose. So let's look at, let's narrow it down based on visas and then let's pick one. Mm. I like that. Kind of asking what would their lifestyle be? Uh, and then there's all these questions. And again, that's that's the beauty of having a coach or someone to support you with with some of that facilitating and thinking it through. Um, yeah, like that, because, yeah, it can be just like, I want to do this. I want to do that. And then I've I've been guilty of it in just other decisions as well. Of like, ah, oh, it's too much. And then you forget about it. And then you just mm-hmm. get on with things. And there's always it's always nagging away at the back. Like, I want to make this change. So. It's so overwhelming as well, like to make Mm. all of these decisions if you don't know where to start. So that's why I always tell people, I'm like, if you, until you have a plan, like, you know, what kind of lifestyle you want, what, how you're going to make money, what country you're moving to, or at least what area of the world you're starting in, like, and you put a time on, you put a date on the calendar until you have that, it's just a dream. It's not actually happening. 
So that's kind of the first step is to figure out what you actually want, because once you have those four pieces, then there's something that we can work towards. But it's just so overwhelming with all of the different options and all the information. And then you're like, well, I don't know where to start because there's just so much. And I don't know what country do I even want to move to? Or like, would I have to change my whole career? And then you just never get started. And then that's how that dream, like most of the people I work with, they've wanted to move abroad for five years, 10 years, like since I was a little girl or like forever, people (laughs) told me. So it's, you know, it just keeps getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. But until you have that, like, but when you actually have that solid concrete plan, then we can actually make it happen. Mm. Yeah, getting it down on paper or computer or something mm-hmm. like that, so it becomes more real, like that. And uh, you talked about, you mentioned the word overwhelm. I was going to ask you, ask you about that. But yeah, making a plan for me personally always helps combat some of that that overwhelm. And um, who better than someone who's done it already, right? <laughs> but like... that overwhelm it happens at every single stage too, because it's mm. overwhelming to figure out the job and the country piece and make the decisions, Mm. but making the decision is just the first step. And I'm a huge nerd. So I have this like five step system and it spells out the word dream. Um, cause I'm a nerdy like that, but the D decide is the first step. Right. But then we've got research, we've got, you know, um, execute. So actually like putting things into action, we've got arrival. It's like, and then mindset is the last piece. Cause that's all encompassing. That's It's important for every stage, but, um, with the, like when you get to the research stage, right? We've, we've already said that the there's too much information online and some of it is outdated or wrong or was written in 2013. And then you're sifting through all this stuff and, and you're reading through visa websites and you're confused. And so there there's overwhelm at pretty much every stage. And so what I actually tell people to do is um, to sort of break down your, uh, all the tasks that you have to do in order to move abroad, like write them all down. I have this thing I call the GTFO checklist, which is a list of everything you need to do before you GTFO. Um, but you break things down and then you put many deadlines on things. And that way it feels way less overwhelming because you can look at your list and be like, okay, yes, I do need to worry about how I'm going to sell and store and ship my stuff overseas. But that's an April problem. Like that's not a right now problem. That's on my to-do list for later. So I can trust that my future self, like future Rochelle can deal with that in April. Right now, my my goals for this month are this. And when you have those mini deadlines, it makes it so much easier to not push everything off. Because when you think of moving abroad as just one huge thing on your to-do list, that's really overwhelming (laughs) and also really easy. Just push the whole thing off. Right. Because you're like, Oh, I don't have time to work on moving abroad right now. I'll work on it next month. Whereas if it's, Oh, I don't have time to work on my resume this week. I'll do it next week. You're only pushing things back by a week. You're not pushing things back by months or years. Mm. Like that. Yeah. It's, um, breaking it down step by step because it, it, I, I could imagine like even just me if I, I was thinking about it like oh moving abroad I'd just be like oh yeah do that next year do that next year or yeah. whatever. and like you I'm said, busy working on my podcast right now I'll do the you know or or I'm moving house or my friend's getting married and I'm the yeah. best man like there's always a reason to push it back but if it's you know like firstly 
I'm sure you know this, like with anything, investing in a coach helpful to keep yourself mm -hmm. accountable, you know, but it's the same thing with starting a business as well. Like, you know, you and I both are in that realm mm -hmm. and it's so easy to be like, oh, I'll, especially if you have, you know, a nine to five, oh, I'll start my big business later. or I'll start my podcast later. I'm the idea of running a podcast is so overwhelming. I don't even know where to start. There's so much to do. What platform do I use? What mic do I need to buy? And then you just push the whole thing off. It's the same with every kind of big goal you want to achieve. So moving abroad is just one of them. And so if you think of something mm -hmm. that you've, if you really want to move abroad and you've done something already that's big, like starting a podcast or starting your own business or whatever it is, moving abroad is the same thing. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, there's a lot of stuff that needs to get done, but we need to break it down so it's not overwhelming. So if you're starting a podcast, it's like, okay, this week I'm going to figure out you know, what mic I need to buy and what recording platform I'm going to use. Check, check, right? So it's, moving abroad is the same thing. It's just, it feels, it can feel scarier, feel different because, you know, you've got that, that new cultural element and, you know, you're kind of uprooting yourselves from your friends and family and physically moving somewhere else. But in principle, it's pretty much the same thing. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And just want to touch on what you said about friends and family and i noticed you had mm -hmm. you had an episode on this on your podcast i believe about um the connection of away from your friends and family abroad how did how did you find it at first and how do kind of people manage those, those kind of relationships when they're abroad yeah. So I think um, that's a great question. And that's something that a lot of people that I work with are very worried about. Not like leaving the friends and family is one piece. And then how do I make new friends abroad, especially if I'm an introvert or if I'm not, you know, I'm not super outgoing and super out there. Like, how do I actually make friends? And so in terms of the leaving your friends and family and your worries around that, um, firstly, technology has really helped in that regard. So I still text everybody. I use like WhatsApp and Facebook messenger, you know, you know, FaceTime or zoom. Like I can still talk to people whenever. And I, you know, I've, I've mentioned this before to some of my own coaching clients, you know, if, if one of my friends is having a hard time and uh, like my first instinct isn't necessarily to get in the car and drive to her house, I'll call her or I'll text. Right. And I can still, aside from time zones, like I can still do that abroad. And if I were, you know, I, I'm from Seattle, but I went to university in Washington, D.C. All my friends are everywhere anyway. So even if I moved back to the U.S., all my friends would be all over. But uh, but I can still have those close relationships like through like calling and texting and things like that. But also when I do go back home, um, you know, like and visit my family, I'll go for a month or two and I'll stay in my parents like house in the guest room. And I have so much more quality time with them and my family now that I live abroad than I would if I lived in the U.S. Like my brother lives a couple hours away in the same state. Like he lives in L.A. and my parents live by Palm Springs. Um, my parents say, we see you more than we see him. You know, we, we spend more time with you than, than if you uh, than he does and he lives in the same state. And also people have flown to visit me. Like my parents have come to Georgia twice and China and Vietnam. I've had friends fly to visit me in China, Vietnam, Georgia just recently. And we've traveled around the country together. So you can still have those sort of 
meaningful trips and things like that as well. And um, in terms of the making friends abroad, I actually find it's easier to make friends overseas than back home because everybody's looking for friends. <laughs> so there are so many events and things that that people are invited to. Like I go to girls brunch once a month where it's like a brunch club and anybody's invited. Um, there are so many different events at, at bars or there's like a bagel place nearby that my friend owns. And he's always throwing, he's throwing like a Southern cooking thing this weekend. And like anybody's invited. So it's, you know, co-working spaces. So it's actually, in my opinion, much easier to make friends abroad than back home because everybody's looking for friends. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great to know. Great hair. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, it's, um, it's really useful because I know sometimes connections are important thing to a lot of us and, um, mm -hmm. Yeah, moving away from that when you move abroad can be a bit scary, I'd imagine. So, yeah. You'd be surprised. People will come visit. Like if mm. you, like you, you throw it out there and you're like, yeah, come visit me. People will visit, like, and they will take you up on it. Ah, <laughs> oh, amazing. On the um, on the flip side of that, uh, or, or kind of maybe a little bit the opposite side, do you find like when people wanting to move abroad that sometimes maybe people you've worked they've been impacted by maybe their friends or family and some of their opinions of moving abroad and that's ever holding them back 100 percent um usually it's family and definitely usually it's parents um tends to be the hardest one i have had some people who've had friends that are a little bit hesitant or upset that they're leaving but usually it happens from parents who just don't get it. And I would say it actually happens the most. It's, it's, it's a really interesting phenomenon, but it happens the most among people whose parents themselves have immigrated. So for example, like a lot of my clients, they're from the U S so it happens with like, um, people whose parents who are not from the U S and have moved to the U S and now they themselves want to move abroad and their parents don't get it. And, um, wow. you know, it, it tends to come from this, uh, I, I think at least it's coming from this place of, I gave up everything to bring you to the U S for a better life. And now you're throwing it in the trash. Oh, wow. Yeah. So those we do like in my coaching, we can kind of navigate mm -hmm. those difficult conversations. And a lot of times, um, when the people in your life, either friends, family, coworkers, whatever it is, a lot of times when people don't seem that supportive, it can actually be coming from a place of, I care about you and I'm worried about you. And so people in life often like to project their, uh, their own um, sort of fears or limiting beliefs onto other people. So if you've never wanted to move abroad in your whole life and you are scared of the idea of doing that, if you like safety and security and stability of, you know, having your like salary and nine to five job and like being in your home country and and stay in your hometown or whatever it is and somebody wants to move abroad like that that's probably not the person that you want to be confiding in if you're if you've got your own fears about moving abroad mm -hmm. because you're not going to get good advice from them but uh this happens a lot with friends and family who they just want what's best for you so it can feel like they're not supportive when in reality i would say 80 to 90 percent of the time that people are kind of feeling like those in their life aren't aren't as supportive as they'd like them to be. It's just coming from a place of that person 
is scared of the idea of moving abroad and concerned about you because they care about you. So you'll hear these what if questions like, what if you don't like it? What if you run out of money? What if you ruin your career? Like, what if you get scammed? What if it's dangerous? What if you end up in the hospital of no one to help you? It's what if, what if, what if, <laughs> worst case scenario, uh, like insert here, right? Um, and so a lot of times the, the strategy that I give people to use with the people in your life is exactly the same strategy that you should use for your own self if you have those what ifs, mm. which is, um, you know, uh, it's kind of a three-step process where I think about, okay, firstly, like what is the likelihood of this actually happening? But uh, how do we make sure that this doesn't happen? Then worst case scenario, if it does happen, what would we do? And so mm. I'll workshop this with people. I'd be like, okay, okay, how do we make sure that you don't run out of money abroad? And then we'll kind of work workshop through that together. And then I'll say, okay, worst case scenario, you have zero money in your bank account and you're abroad. What would you do? Mm. And then they'll start with, they'll say, okay, well, you know, like absolute worst case scenario, I'm freelancing and I have no money coming in and my bank account's at zero. I guess I could have a credit card. And so I know my parents would let me stay with them for a little bit. So I could book a flight on the credit card and then I could, you know, fly back home and we figure, you know, we kind of workshop out worst case scenario, what would actually happen. Um, and then once we've kind of done that, that's the same exact thing that you can do with your friends and family. Like, and it was the same thing I did when people questioned me about leaving my stable job in China, right when people finally started to respect my decisions about <laughs> living in China, cause I was actually making good money. I'm like, I'm going to quit and start my own business. But, but my, my parents said to me, Oh, what if it doesn't work out? I'm like, well, if it doesn't work out, I've got, you know, 20 grand in savings to get this business started. And, you know, I'm moving to a country where rent is my, my now husband and I were splitting a place in Vietnam that was like $500 a month and for rent. And so, wow. and I said, if, if it doesn't work out, if I can't launch my business, then I'll just go back to East Asia and get a job as a college counselor again. I'm sure my old company would take me back. And if there's no room, I'll just get another job in China or South Korea or Singapore. Like there's plenty of jobs available. So if I run out of money, I'll just like go get a job in Asia again. Oh, okay. And, well, they're, and then they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> if you've thought about it already and you say it with confidence, people um, people will take you seriously. Like it. And uh, yeah, that, that kind of thing, like that kind of plan B, but not aiming for the plan B, but you got kind of no. that backup. But it's that, yeah, it's almost that, giving you that little bit of confidence as well that you've got it i think it's a useful i think that's useful for again multiple areas of your life as well like oh what if this happens um but again yeah we're talking about yeah moving abroad um but it's the same skills mm. for anything you know mm. yeah what if i quit my job and start my own business isn't it and it doesn't work exactly. out well you know this is my plan b this is my backup and then it'll you know it'll, it'll appease you. Like when I, I know you and I were in the same like business coaching program. And when I, it was like, for me, quite pricey to invest in that program. I was very mm -hmm. scared because I was freelancing and trying to start my coaching and it wasn't taking off. And I was like the most I'd ever made in a launch was like $2,000. And I couldn't even afford, I had to take out a loan to pay for this program. I couldn't even put the monthly payment on a payment plan. I was like that strapped for money. And my husband and I had decided because I was so stressed out and it was impacting my health and I wanted to run my own coaching business and help people do this so bad. And it was my dream 
but it just wasn't happening. And I tried everything and I invested all this money in coaching and I tried and tried and tried and I was exhausted and it was impacting my health. And so the idea was I had six months to make it work. And if I couldn't make it work in six months, then I would have to start, then I'd have to start looking at jobs in East Asia and we'd go like go back to East Asia and, and I'd have a nine to five again. Um, and so I remember like talking on a mindset call uh, about my fear that I'm going to like run this boot camp and it's not going to work out. And, uh, and uh, so then that mindset coach was like, okay, well, what are you going to do then? So like worst case scenario, it doesn't work out. What would you do? And I'm like, well, would you just quit immediately? And I'm like, no, 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 I get, I get six months. I could try again. I could do another boot camp. Like I get six months to make this work. I'm just going to quit immediately. And then she's like, okay, it doesn't work in six months. Then what do you do? And I'm like, well, I would get a job in East Asia. And she's like, well, worst case. So if you don't do this right now, then you would just get that job in East Asia anyway. So you might as well go for it then. Right. <laughs> like yeah. worst case scenario, you end up doing the thing that you'd have to do if you didn't try. So might as well just go all in. She's like, this is really your last chance. Might as well just go all in on it then. Cause otherwise you're going to have to get the job in East Asia anyway. And I just, <laughs> I'm like, made my mind explode. Light bulb. Yeah. I think I remember that conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. I yeah. That. She made me cry in front of everyone. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless. No, it's some of those work, you know, those conversations that kind of like change your, your way of thinking. So. Uh, yeah you're all swept up in your own fears where I'm like yeah. I invested like thousands of dollars in this program and what if I can't make it back I'm like oh well she said well, if you got that job in East Asia how long would it take to pay back the money you've invested in this program and I'm like I don't know like two months you know with the extra money for my salary and she's like then what are you so worried about then oh yeah it's, it's, it's sometimes the, <laughs> it, it puts us into that that kind of like uh yeah, that panic mode because the brain's not necessarily all like there. But when you start putting it in perspective, someone coming from the outside, it can really help. And yeah, I like yeah. what you you're doing, like workshopping the worst case scenario. Because if people are thinking about it then, and then actually, it, you know, something does happen, you know, life's unpredictable, right? You've actually got that kind of rather than being into that state and then being reacting, and actually there, you've actually got that that idea, that plan B in your head already. So I like that. What you're doing with the it world takes shopping. you out of the um, it takes you out of the emotions of it mm. and makes you look at it logically, and then we kind of do a reframe at the end where, mm. like, when your mind starts panicking, of you know, like, what if, what if I lose my job when I'm abroad and this horrible thing happens? It's like, okay, you know, like I understand that you're trying to keep me safe, brain, but it worst case scenario, if I lost my job abroad, I could just X Y Z, and then you just tell yourself that every time that fear comes up mm. and then it stops controlling you in the way that it was before. Mm. I like that. I think that's again, very relatable to multiple situations, but <laughs> yeah, I think that's super good. So Rochelle, as we kind of wrap things up today, um, I wanted to ask you, what's your, if you could give the listener your number one confidence tip, what would it be? And also uh, could you share with us where the listener can find you and if you've got anything coming up at all? Ooh, my number one confidence tip. I, I wish I had prepared. <laughs> um, I guess, let's see. Um, I guess my number one confidence tip would be that, you know, it's it's hard to have confidence in something that you haven't seen yet, right? Mm -hmm. 
Like until you've actually shown yourself that you can do it, it's hard to have that confidence going in. And so just taking things kind of one step at a time and like inching towards that dream, it slowly you'll look around and you'll say, oh my gosh, I'm, I am doing it. And then once you see, and I literally am thinking back to a conversation that I had on a coaching call last night where someone, uh, was, is moving like next, like in two weeks. Right. And she's like, can I actually do this? I'm like, you are doing this. Like, what do you mean? Can I actually do this? You've got your flight booked. Like you're already talking to people, uh, about apartments. You've already gotten your visa. You are doing this. Right. So like taking those little steps forward before you realize it, you'll, you are doing it. Right. So, so it sort of takes away that fear a little bit, but I always think, and I always say, if something scares you in a good way, that's how, you know, you need to do it. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. But to answer the other part of your question, (laughs) you you asked where where people can find me, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where, where can the uh, listener find out more about you? And, um, is there, is there anything, uh, you, you want to share with us? Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so you can find me at move abroad coach in all the places. So we have the move abroad coach podcast. If you are a lover of podcasts, which you probably are, if you're listening to this, um, uh, but also on, uh, Facebook and Instagram, uh, you can always reach out to me via Instagram DM if you want to get in touch. Um, and then, uh, we do have something really exciting coming up. Uh, mm. so if you are wanting to create your own personalized plan for moving abroad, we do have a live move abroad escape plan bootcamp coming up. We're starting on February 17th and we officially open up for, if you want to grab a ticket, we officially open up on the 5th. Um, but if you want to pop in, if you're listening to this live and you want to pop in on the wait list early, we do have a special gift for everybody on the wait list. Um, but the bootcamp itself, it's only $37 and it's a four day bootcamp where we're going to create your plan together. So day one, we'll figure out what kind of lifestyle you want. Day two is all about making money. Day three country day four, we're putting all the pieces together. Uh, so if you actually want, if you're listening to this and you really want to move abroad, uh, this is a really good first step to actually figure out, okay, what's my plan so I can go and implement it. Wow. $37 for dr- creating your dream life bargain. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> or at least the first step. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's just escapeplanbootcamp.com, but I can send you the link um, if you'd like to put it in the show notes. Yeah, sure. We'll, we'll definitely be linking all that up. So Rochelle, once again, a massive thank you for everything you've shared today and coming on the show. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So that concludes our episode for today. And remember, you are in control of your own self-esteem and confidence.